Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I always struggle with executing a proper fade out on that jam, but uh, it is what it is at this point. What's happening, everybody? A uh, good Yom Kippur to everyone on this Monday afternoon. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. Thus begins here on this lovely Monday our journey through punting. It's something that I have before uh, admitted many times. It's not my main cup of tea. I play a lot of nine cat roto, which you know you can get away with it as in sort of a soft punt format. But I also understand that the vast majority of fantasy players and my listeners are playing head to head leagues, and you almost have to punt if you're in a head to head league of any reasonable difficulty. So what we're going to be doing this week. And the poor man sitting to my side here on your YouTube screen is just going to have to sit through my intro on today's show. Um, this is Mark. He is at MacAttack145. He is one of our dynasty experts actually here at Sports Ethos, but he also happens to be a punt free throw specialist. Uh, and Mark, I committed a cardinal broadcasting sin, and I didn't double check with you on the proper pronunciation of your last name. Is it Camaro? You got it exactly there right. You go. You go with the car. If you can't go wrong, if you just go with the ride. Uh, so Mark Camaro is one of our, uh, let's say, blossoming, burgeoning young minds here at uh, Sport. Blossoming makes it sounds like you're like having a coming of age story movie written about you. But instead, you're going to be helping our listeners walk through the punt free throw strategy, where to begin, where to go. One of the things that I think I struggle with when I do kind of mess around, every once in a while I'll just join some you know $20 leagues and mess around with stuff, is understanding when you make your moves in punt strategies. Because there are guys you want to make sure you have, but you're also shrinking the board, so when do you go get them? So we'll get into all that stuff in just a moment. Um, but I did want to make sure we gave a proper hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. I am at Dan Baspris. I'm your host uh, here on Fantasy NBA Today. Um, again, Mark, you can see him on your YouTube screen sitting to my side. Those that are uh, listening on the recorded channels, once again, that Twitter handle is at MacAttack145, M-A-C, attack, spelled the way you'd expect, 145. Uh, I want to dive right in here. We also have some kind of big news that I wanted to follow up on in the middle of the show, but we'll save that promo for partway through. So I, I was trying to go through this in my head. Mark, on just the the way to kind of guide a listening audience through the idea of how to punt and when to do it. And I feel like maybe the beginning point, the starting point of this should be, when do you punt? Are there particular formats of leagues where you feel like it's more necessary? Uh, Do you do it pretty much all the time regardless? When should people in different maybe difficulties of leagues? Are they hyper-competitive, less competitive, stuff like that? Do all of those things go into your your calculus, or is it just kind of part of who you are at this point? No, you. I'm glad you asked this question. I'm glad you brought it up, and definitely depends on the league format. If you're playing Roto, punting is going to be dependent on your league size, but I would normally stray away from it. Where it's head-to-head, though, I see it. It's, more, it's a point where you can get excess value from your draft slots, and from your strategy, and it's just a way that you can get a leg up on your opponents. And head-to-head leagues, it's not something I will hard force, but it's something, if it presents itself and it's there, I will easily lean into it and just fall right into it and take that punch strategy that's developing for my team in my draft. 
So then once you've started this process, does it come down also to a draft slot for you? Or is it something where you're in a head-to-head league and you're just like, all right, size of this league, level of competition. I don't care if I have the third pick or the 12th pick. I'm probably punting something. And the thing I know best personally is free throw. That's how... You, I, I'm, everybody that I'm going to be talking to this week on the show is just sort of a, a precursor. We're going to talk about the punt that they like the most, or one of the two they like the most, as kind of a, a precursor to these shows. Uh, like, if you had the first overall pick in a head-to-head league, I assume you're going Jokic there, and then punting free throw is probably not the greatest idea, but it's a pretty dramatic shift between having pick one and having pick two, right? Mm-hmm. Well, some, some may not say so, but <laughs> I would. So if you have pick two... And at that point, are you now like pivoting into the punt free throw immediately if you're if you're not Jokic? So not necessarily. And something I want to stress whenever you decide, hey, I want to punt X category, Y category, is that you should never go into a draft or auction or whatever saying I'm going to punt this category because you're just not you're going to be already valuing players differently based on just because you feel like it you have the draft is always dynamic your auctions always dynamic and you have to adjust within your draft and see where players are going what trends are going and what players fall to you so usually in those first couple rounds i'm just taking best players available and as that draft develops so even maybe starting second third round then i'll start seeing okay who's available who should i where are my stats concentrated and where can i lean where can I find this excess value that I talked about earlier? So I would never, I don't think I'd ever make my first selection saying, oh, I want to punt free throws. Oh, Giannis, he tanks my field throw percentage. I'm going to get him. I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> All right. So let's say you have like the ninth pick. Giannis is a guy that's been going in that range this year. Let's try to make this, I'm going to try to tie this more to what's going on this actual season right now. Uh, now you're suddenly sitting on, you're not picking between Jokic and, or you're not picking between Embiid and Halliburton and Tatum and Steph and SGA and all these guys that are going in the top five or six. You can even throw Luka into the mix because I did put him on the, mm-hmm. the graphic for this thing. Luka's like a semi guy. I feel like if we have time, we can get into the Luka discussion later on. But obviously the face that everyone can see on their screen right now and the name that's going to be in the description and stuff like that, it's going to be Giannis. So if you're sitting on nine, you're now picking between Giannis and LaMelo Ball and Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis and and guys like that where you've got red flags no matter which direction you're looking. Whether it's Ball, it's field goal percent. Giannis, it's the knee and free throw percent. Anthony Davis, it's all of his limbs and internal organs and so on and so forth. At that juncture, is that where you're like, you know, bleep it, Giannis is there. I know the risks involved in this, but I can now build a head-to-head team around this guy maybe easier than some of the other names, or is it still a spot where you're like, you know what, I still actually like player Y more, and you're waiting until later on? Which direction are you going there? Uh, if I have players in a similar tier, then yeah, I might lean towards that punt free throw uh, builds. And I mean, I'll get into this now. The reason why I like punt free throws a lot is because free throws are so variable in a week-to-week basis with just the volume the relative volume of that compared to other stats so you can even punt free throws and say hey i'm not going to worry about this and you can still just kind of fluke your way gobert can make eight of 12 in a game instead of you know whatever it would be six of 12 and suddenly that's 
wow, you actually look pretty good that week in free throws when you didn't expect it to be. So that's kind of why I like punt free throws. So Giannis, I mean, you're going to have some huge swing weeks. Some weeks where he probably shoots, let's just say, 50% <laughs> from the free throw line. Some yeah. weeks where he shoots 80. And if you can win some of those weeks when that's a category you're ignoring, that's a nice little freebie that you can sometimes fluke into. Is that considered a soft punt then at that point? Because are you then not targeting other horrendous free throw shooters? So with punting, it's always a mix, right? You're not just taking taking the players that are bad in that category. In this case, free throws. You are trying to maximize the other categories and make sure you're just ignoring that category, right? And whenever you punt, you have to think about, well, which categories is that one category I'm looking to ignore, where are those correlations? So I did some research before and looked into this. So with free throws, if strong, well, weak free throws tutors tend to be bigs. So if you're just draft players or if you're ignoring free throw percentage, you're probably drafting poor free throw percentage players. You're going to probably be strong in field, field goal percentage, strong in boards. However, you're not going to be that strong in threes, points, and assists. So if you see yourself, oh, I drafted Giannis, and then, oh, um, so pick nine, let's say, then the next pick would be those early second round, mid-second round. You want to say, oh, I like Anthony Edwards. You know, that's good. You got points. You got threes. Not looking too great in free throw percentage, but that's okay. Then you can maybe start building that points, threes, and assist base early on to know that you can compensate for the lack of those categories later. I have a hundred different avenues that I want to go from here, but the first thing I want to come back is to one of the one of your the statements you made right at the beginning of that answer, which is when you're punting a category, you're not trying to be bad at it. You're just ignoring it to be better at other things. How do you this might be the hardest question I ask you on today's show, and for that I apologize because I distinctly told you during our Slack chat I'm not gonna try to put you on the spot today. Uh, but <laughs> This one I thought was really interesting, and I, and I, I, you know, me personally, actually, this is a hurdle that I have to try to get over mentally when I'm when I'm messing around with punt stuff. How do you create that delineation between trying or or not trying to be terrible at something versus attacking everything else? How, how what is the real difference in your strategy in ignoring versus actively trying to stink at? Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. It's a hard question, I Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the difference is you just don't look at free throw percentage. And I think you just draft in 
treat it like that. You treat it as, oh, this is actually not a nine cat leak. This is an eight cat leak for me. I don't care about this category. You kind of almost treat it at almost zero one down every week. But I know I'm going to be stronger relatively in these other categories if I attack my team roster construction correctly. So it's... So here, let me. It's a hard. In. It's a hard delineation. Yeah, it's a really sure. tough one. I and and so like if you're looking at a rank sheet, like you know, Basketball Monster has a really nice rank page. They also have a punt button yes. on that page, but that can mm-hmm. almost I think lead you a little bit astray because it bumps everyone that's horrendous at that category all the way to the top, and you don't necessarily need all of those guys at the same time. No, that's exactly right. If you were to do that, there would be. A lot of bigs up there. You would have, <laughs> yeah, to be know. honest, you'd have Gobert, you have Claxton, you have, think, <laughs> you have a Stephen Adams, Andre Drummond back in the day, Dwight Howard back in the day, players like that. And Now you're only good at like three categories though, huh? Now you're only good in three categories. And if you notice, all those players, I, for the most part, were only center eligible. So you also <laughs> have to think about your roster construction too. Okay, so this takes me to the next. I Thank you for answering that way because you made a really nice segue to what do you do with the other positions then? I mean, Anthony Edwards, you mm-hmm. mentioned as a really sort of like front and center example of someone in the second round. What if you don't get him in the second round? What if De'Aaron Fox is not there when it gets to him in the mid rounds as a guard who's not as good at free throw percent? Does that mean you have to go and and Anthony Edwards is a tough example because if you don't take him in the second round, it's not like he's going to come back to you. But do you have to go and seek out the wings and guards that fit this type of build earlier than you'd normally expect? Or is it not as important to get a guy like a De'Aaron Fox on a punt free throw team? Because like you said, you're just ignoring that category. It's not like you need to go get a guard who's not great at foul shooting. It's just sort of that he is someone who is more valuable to your team in this particular build. So how does that, how does the timing element of it fit into your draft strategy? When do you go get guys that aren't necessarily bigs because bad free throw shooting bigs are going to be there until pick 180. Yeah. Like Steven Adams. Like, like Steven like Adams. Exactly. No. And I like that you use that phrase seek out because that's almost specifically what I would not do in my early rounds. You still need talent. You still need value on your roster. And really the goal of punting is you're trying to maximize your draft slot and the value from that slot. And so if you're saying, Oh, it's like, almost with sleepers, right? Which I kind of hate how sleepers have developed over the past five, 10 years where someone's like, oh, this is a sleeper. And I was like, I got to grab that sleeper. I got to get him two rounds earlier than he's drafted. Well, that's pointless. The point of a sleeper is that you think he can vastly outperform where he's going. If you draft him, if you draft a player or a player that you're targeting for your build two rounds earlier, three rounds earlier, you're just snapping away all that excess value that you're getting for your specific team. So, I wouldn't say seek out. I'm a huge fan of just more tier-based drafting where you have an idea of groups of players that are going in a range and those are your targets. And then punting or ignoring a category is a way you can use that as a delineation between those players. So if I'm looking at, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, ADPs, but Darren Fox or Jalen Brown versus trying to think of a player going in that range off the top yeah, of my head. Is that but, like, like, like the 40 to 45 range is where you just right. uh, narrowed us down. A uh, good foul shooter in there is DeMar DeRozan, is an example of someone on the opposite side. Yeah, so if you still need some heavy points, some decent field, field goal percentage, and DeMar DeRozan's there, and you're looking at someone else later like Sengun, 
I probably would still take DeMar DeRozan just for those stats that you're going to get, that you're not going to get from Sengun. Sengun's probably not going to give you as many points. I would doubt as many assists. And his field goal percentage may not be as high. This depends how many threes he decides to launch this year, which probably won't be that high for Sengun. But it, it's a balancing point. So really, at the end of the day. Okay, one more question before I drop in a couple of promos, and then I want to pivot to getting into uh, a few more specifics. But I think this is this still classifies as more of a strategic idea. If you are now, let's say you have Giannis at pick nine, and you're basically semi-ignoring free throw percent at that juncture, but you know, like you talked about, that the guys that are going to be an easy fit to your build are going to give a big boost in rebounds, a big boost in field goal percent. You'll probably be in pretty good shape in blocks. All the things that are, that are, that just sort of go that, that correlate. What do you do about, I mean, you said threes, you can get them out of your wing. What about assists? I mean, it's, it feels like those end up being possible weak points and you end up punting more than just one category. How do you keep from the punt sort of like, be snowballing i guess maybe by might be the right word yes. for it yeah that, that, i think it's a good way to look at it and that's definitely one of the pitfalls in general of punting is that if you just draft players that are bad at that category and don't think about what are the weaknesses of that category that you're punting or all those correlations you're just gonna end up punting wins at that point which is not something any of us want to do <laughs> so it's just a matter of basically keeping track of your stats and your overall team, which that Sports Ethos Draft Tracker should be able to help with. Yeah, nice <laughs> promo. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, I guess I might as well do the promo at this point. But no, finish your thought before I before I jump into that. Uh, no, it's just making sure you're keeping track. And you may end up not caring about threes as much. You might be a little weaker. That's probably going to happen in any draft you do. You're going to, unless you draft really well balanced, which... You can do those routes too. Those drafts can work and win and do well as well. But usually, yeah, you might. Some people don't like the term soft punt. I, I, I just consider it more, hey, this is more a category I'm iffier on. And I know I'm iffier on going into a week. Maybe I'll win, maybe I won't. So there will probably be a second or third category that will that will be the case for if you are punting a category. So it's it's back to the question. It's a matter of just keeping track of those stats and the scarcity of those stats while you're drafting. So assists, points, those tend to be with those higher usage players that go earlier. So you have to keep that in mind if you're drafting early. You want those points and assists. What are your favorite, say, six categories to attack if you're in a punt free throw build? A few of them I think are pretty obvious, but let's we can list them all out just for... Because it's probably easier to say... Like, obviously, you're punting free throws, so that one's out. Mm-hmm. Of the remaining eight, I'm going to include free. I'm gonna include turnovers in this. What are yep. your favorite six to attack? I'm going to, I'm gonna, let me just, field goal percent is going to be one. Yep. Uh, rebounds is going to be another. Blocks, be another, yep. probably the third in this one. Mm-hmm. What are your yep. other favorite three to try to go for? That, turnovers is something I just see where that lies, so I don't even normally consider that a cat anyway so maybe okay. i'm always punting turnovers but <laughs> so not that not to look at us um same with steals in a way too steals is i feel the same way about turnovers that i kind of just sometimes let those be where they be so that's so, threes points and assists then are the other three 
Yeah, basically the three I identified at that point. Yeah, you went a deductive reasoning method on that one. (laughs) Uh, So Mark did mention a moment ago that the first official, and we talked about this with Brew on Friday's show, first official Sports Ethos Draft Tracker is now officially available. Um, And actually, it's funny, Andre is in our chat uh, trying to remind me to tell everybody to get into an ethos league because dude doesn't stop working ever. Andre, you're incredible. He also designed the draft tracker tool working in conjunction with Aaron Bruski and the Bruski 150. Right now, the consensus model is available for all Fantasy Pass subscribers. And without going into too much detail on this and derailing the podcast, basically this is built on the consensus projection engine of big box websites. So it doesn't have the B150 engine in it yet. Uh, October 4th, that's when Ethos 360 subscribers can load the B150 numbers into this uh, this draft tracker. That's awesome. Uh, the next folks on the list, I think they get it, are old school bundle subscribers, and then All Sport, and then NBA, or and then NBA Fantasy Pass, and so on and so forth. But again, without getting too far into the weeds, the main thing is here, we now at Sports Ethos have this incredible tool available in the NBA Fantasy Pass that allows you to see how your team build is going as your draft is going in real time. It is not tethered to the internet. It's an Excel file, so you don't have to worry about if you're... I mean, if your internet goes down, you're going to be screwed for your draft anyway. But you don't have to worry about a particular website going down or whatever. You are relying just on your own computer staying turned on. It is awesome. Uh, the links are up. I'm going to try to get some in the description of this podcast. Uh, and I'll see if folks can can hunt it down that way. But we're going to be tweeting about it pretty rampantly. This is a really cool day for Sports Ethos to move into the data universe. Um, and I would strongly suggest an NBA Fantasy Pass. It's just $6 a month over at SportsEthos.com. And because Andre asked me so nicely with a smiley face and a heart, Sports Ethos leagues are open. They have been for a few weeks now. If you want to join a league with really competitive folks, uh, head-to-head, roto, cash-free, you got it. Um, they are all available. You can hit up Andre in our chat room here on YouTube. You can ping me on Twitter, at Dan Bezperson. I can get you linked up with him. Uh, you can hit us in Discord, which the link for that is also in the show description. Just so many things going on right now at Sports Ethos that sometimes it gets a little hard to maintain. And... We just got word that the fine folks at Manscaped will be uh, coming back with us for at least the first half of this coming season. So I'll probably have some various hair trimming, grooming discussions with all of you. That'll start in about one week from today. Okay, Uh, back to talking to uh, Mark Camaro here on the show. MacAttack145. I want to make sure I get that Twitter handle in there as well. Let's get into specifics a tiny bit. Um... I don't know that we can necessarily go round by round on this, but let's do some reasonable facsimile of that where, you know, we're going to try to get into a little bit about how the sausage is made. We can't hit everything on a a half an hour podcast, but we'll do our best to try to hit sort of the main things. First round, you've already told us you're not going into it with a particular punt in mind, but let's say that uh, Giannis falls to you. That's a relatively easy decision there towards the end of the round. What are your feelings on Luka as a punt free throw guy? Because I know, and I want to get out in front of this just a tiny bit, you don't have to punt free throws with Luka. It's just that he's a guard who's not good at free throw shooting. So it basically means that if you don't want to punt free throws, you need to make sure you target wings and bigs that are better at it because typically you rely on your guards to be the folks that elevate your free throw. So it's it's not that he's horrible at it. 
It's just that he's not good from a position where you'd normally want good. If you got Luka, I'll make this a more specific question for you so it's not just like, here's the whole world, answer all of this. If you ended up with like the three pick in a draft where he's going, would you take Luka and would you then punt free throws or would you go a different direction? No, I think I would definitely take Luka. And to your point about Luka being a guard too, I think is really crucial because what we talked about earlier was, hey, if you are ignoring free throw percentage, you're probably going to have a lot of bigs. You're probably going to be good in field goal percentage. You're probably going to be good in boards. But what you need help in is points, assists, and threes. And what are some of Luca's strongest categories? <laughs> points, assists, and threes. And he's a guard. So he pretty much hits all four of those pins for a punt free throw build that you're trying to shore up. You pretty much got it all in one player, which, granted, that's why one of the reasons he goes early. He brings so much value in so many other areas. Would and- you... Would you, would you- would you take Luca and consider not punting free throws, or is that just upping the degree of difficulty a little too much? Yeah, I like the way you phrased that. I think it's just trying to play on hard mode when you don't <laughs> need to. You can win your, as I said earlier, you can ignore free throws and draft a good team. Maybe still have some good free throw shooters on your team. Just depends how the draft plays out. If you say you need points in a third point assist or threes and you draft a player who also has good free throw percentage, that's completely fine too. But Luca gives so many of those boxes that you would want for that build. And free throws is his worst category as of now. It could change. Maybe he gets a little better, but I wouldn't expect him to be a positive there. So why wouldn't you just give yourself that extra value that you can? It just seems to make sense for me to do that if I was third and drafted Luca. Let's look at the second round then. Um and I, there's probably sort of two areas to look at here. So if you got Giannis around pick nine, that means that it's coming back to you somewhere near pick 16 or so. There are, it as it turns out, it happened to be a couple of guys in that range that aren't actually that great at free throw shooting. Demonis Sabonis and Anthony Edwards. Uh, is that the duo you're hunting in the second round if you had Giannis in the first? And then what about if you had Luka in the first round? Or am I getting too far down the, like, this is what I'm hunting, like, rabbit hole again that you specifically said, Dan, don't do that? Probably getting a bit too far down that hole, but at the same time, in my notes that I made for this show, those are literally the two players I had, and <laughs> those ADP ranges was were Anthony Edwards and then Sabonis. Sabonis is also good because he's a big who gives you assists, so that helps in that aspect as well. What about towards the but, end of the second? Oh, sorry, I jumped in. Continue. No, you're all good. Um, that was Those were really the main players that I saw there. And at the end of the day, um, as I said earlier, too, if you had Luka and you're saying, oh, there's no one who's, who's you know, at the, these default rankings that it's bad at free throws, let me reach down and pick Zion. You don't need to do that. Just pick pick a best player available and see how your draft develops. You don't have to punt free throws if you have Luka. If it falls to you and it's there... Let it be a decider between two picks. You don't need to force it, though. Is it too open-ended for me to say, what are you doing in that 25 to 40 range? Are there specific guys that fit this build relatively well? It is not. Um, consulting my, <laughs> consulting hey, my notes here. Delightful. Um, so if I am doing this build, right, then I'm thinking I want my points. I want some assists. Maybe I can maybe not concern myself with threes, but if it's there, great too and you mentioned him earlier darren fox guard 
brings points, brings assist. Great. That's perfect. And assists are going to start drawing up anyways. You're normally probably targeting assist early anyways, which I know I'm sure you mentioned on your shows too, and I think I've heard you mention too. Uh, Pascal Siakam might be going a bit earlier than I like. I think his ADP is still in that mid-third round range, but he's a player who would fit this as well. And then LeBron James was great in points last year. Still shoots threes, even though he's getting worse at them. But can also give you those assists as well and should still provide a lead assist that year. So that's a great combination there to help with this build. What about the next chunk? Because I know there are some truly bad uh, free throw shooting centers in that mix, like a Walker Kessler or a Nick Claxton. Is this mm-hmm. a spot where you're like, you know what? This is where I you know, plant my flag. I get that next truly bad free throw shooting center who's going to be very valuable to my team because I'm ignoring that category. Or... Do you continue to say there will be others? This is this I think is where I often struggle the most with a punt build is I'm like I'm taking those guys every time because I know how unbelievably brilliant a fit they are on this team, but sometimes I forget I'm already good enough at some of those categories and you don't need that extra thing and then suddenly now I'm in a full like I got to win 5-4 every week uh because I'm, I'm not going to get good at a sixth or seventh category. <laughs> yep. So what are you doing no, between like exactly. 45, 45 and 65 range? Is that what, what's the, what's the move in there? So 45 and 65. And I've seen uh, watching some of your recon mocks or doing some mocks of my own. Yes. Recon mocks. <laughs> there are centers values just littered throughout the draft, especially in these middle ranges from rounds four to eight. You can find plenty of centers that are good and can provide these stats that we're talking about that, our center stats, rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage. So it's almost just when a guy's there that you like, take it, take him, not it. Sorry, he is a him player. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Take that center that you like if you see the value. But if there's some of these targets that are in these tiers that we're talking about, then go and grab those players now because that's going to be more valuable. You can find your centers later. You can find even Steven Adams late if you want to. He's a pretty much near perfect punt free throw guy but getting back to the question of other players um so centers you can find i would just litter those throughout you, you'll be able to build centers fine uh, jalen brown early fourth a guy who can just give you big points big threes and some steals too in that early fourth josh giddy is a bit of an interesting target his adp i think might be a little inflated this year but he would give you not the threes not the points, but he can give you big assists at that guard spot. Uh, some other players that I would highlight, uh, you know, Draymond Green, he'd be at towards the end of this range, but someone you can help out in those defensive stats and some boards as well. Well, probably not going to help you in free throw percentage. <laughs> no, and well, and probably not as many threes uh, since <laughs> I cannot unsee the Draymond Green wearing a backpack three point meme now at like one of the yeah. greatest things i've ever seen in my life and i i don't know that i want to unsee it but every time he shoots one i I like it's there in my mind all right i gotta I'm, let me spin this question around on its head for you again talking to mark camaro here uh when i'm if i'm going into a punt free throw build one of the things that i start to get a little bit worried about by this range is what if i don't get like Okay, I don't even know that I necessarily need to finish that sentence because I think you already know where I'm going with it. Like, we get to pick 75, and someone else has 
a combination of Walker Kessler and Zion Williamson and whatever other like high field goal percent rebound guys. Have we now have we now avoided the targets so much that we've allowed someone else to be better at some of the categories we're trying to make sure we're the absolute best at? Did that question make sense? No, that actually made perfect sense. That's something when I was thinking about this and writing, oh, here are guards and forwards, I realized I didn't even really talk about centers. You would think would be almost a crux of this build, and they are. And again, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, is it's just making sure you have good roster construction and you're seeing where your stats are developing. There probably will be times if you're doing this draft, and if you focus on all these almost, we'll call them the extra categories that you're trying to be good at, they're actually ignoring the categories that you think you'd be naturally strong at. Which, in that case, then, if you're looking at a group of players or drafts, you might go with that center. And if if someone starts to reach, I'm not going to say reaching, if someone's clearly targeting or your league's targeting these guys who, these centers who are big, okay, well, then that's where you have to pivot. And you say, okay, well, I might now lose those categories. I thought I was winning, but I should definitely win these other categories because they themselves are not getting points. They're not getting assists. They're probably not going to be great on threes. And you can just, okay, now you got a different advantage from them. The draft is always going to be flexible, and you have to be flexible with it. I'm trying to think of like the number of categories. I'm, I'm having trouble doing this math in my head on the fly. So like, we were talking about six, basically six categories, I think, right? That that end up being ones you can be pretty strong out with this because you sort of threw turnovers as more like a soft punt kind of thing. Um, free throw, we're going to be quite bad. And then... I forgot what the steals I think you mentioned was the third one. If someone comes in that can now beat our team in field goal percent and rebounds, how do we beat that team five categories to four? What's the other there? It almost feels like we need one other category. That's like, is it steals? Is that the one? So I would say that's the one, but it's almost when I, when I mentioned steals and turnovers as categories, that I'm not thinking about. Oh, as much. are we now? It's, or maybe are we now beating that team in free throws? Is that team now worse than? Yeah, we might actually. Right. <laughs> um, you could, you, if you have then more guards and players who are scoring points, I mean, players that score points and hit threes tend to be better in free throw percentage than those who don't. Oh man, but, a race um, to the, a race to the bottom. I, I had I have I had one dynasty team. This is dynasty thirty team, completely different than redraft twelve team. But that had Draymond, Rudy Gobert. And Bam Adebayo. And there were some weeks that I was winning free throw percentage just because yeah. they, decided to, they decided to be good at free throws that week. And were you, or you played, a team, you played a team that had Kessler. I mean, there's yeah. – or Giannis, effectively. Yep. Yeah. It's yep, – uh, uh, man, sorry, continue, please. I, no, but uh, – so many things. When I was mentioning steals and turnovers later, it's just because those stats are just so not as correlated with uh, – well, turnovers is very correlated with usage, but – if someone's not targeting high usage players, they're normally deficient in a lot of other categories. So that normally works out in your favor. In my uh, early years of playing, I once tried to punt turnovers, not punt turnovers, uh, try to focus on turnovers, and I ended up losing all the other categories. And it was my only year I didn't make the playoffs. So turnovers, <laughs> I just, I'm just, it's there. If I win, great. If not, great. Yeah, Some I steals. Think- yeah, ahead. no, I was just going to say, with turnovers, it's sort of a, it's a little bit more of a roto category. With head-to-head, you're generally trying to win the games played battle. 
And it's hard to then also win turnovers if you're trying to get four, five, six more games played than your opponent. You're going to have to be a lot better than they are on a per-game turnover basis to still win that category. Where with Roto, everybody's playing 820 games. So all you got to do is be a little bit better than four or five teams and that's a lot of roto points that the extraordinarily high usage high turnover teams just aren't getting so there is a a certain roi to it but go ahead with steals yeah and then with steals there are definitely players who do accumulate high steal totals right but when i think what the league average for steals is what 0.9 to 1.1 it's so variable on a game-to-game basis and a week-to-week basis that even if you have high steals you sometimes win sometimes you know Steph Curry was coughing up the ball and threw behind the back passes to your player who got gets three steals that game. And Is there any worse feeling than, than playing against a team that had like a Danilo Gallinari on it who got, gets like 0.4 steals per game in his career and has the four steal game against your week in head-to-head? Happens every damn time. Exactly. It, it happens so much, and I think all of us have some story like that with steals specifically, and I feel like that's one of the categories along with free throws that this tends to be one of the most variable on a week to week basis. And so unpredictable that you can say, Oh, my team looks pretty good on average by steals, but it's there. And I just kind of chalk it up almost as a 50% win, 50% loss proposition a lot of times. So it's a category that's there. I'll pay attention to it, (laughs) but you can also stream steals or try to steal steals. stream steals later or even just target steals later there are plenty of players later in your draft you can just add onto your back of your roster for some back-end steals appeal i want i need a producer to come flying out of the sky to just clip you and i want a clip of me saying or like someone saying what do you think about steals mark and your answer is they're there <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a they're there uh, I got one more question for Mark before we let him get back to his day and wrap up the pod. But before we do that, I do want to remind everybody that's tuning in, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, and subscribe if you're listening in on one of the recorded channels after the fact. Most of these videos we do live just because it's more fun, uh, but I give almost no warning to anybody on them. So if you find it while it's going, awesome. We're happy to have you. You can throw stuff in the chat room. Uh, but I know many of you are catching it, the vast majority, like 95% of you are catching it after the fact. So. Uh, also an opportunity to hit like subscribe to our YouTube page. We're going to have more of these chats throughout the week. We're going to get into punt. Uh, I've already forgotten something. We're going to have a punt points episode. That's going to be a fun one for me because that's very old man heavy. Uh, we've got, I think Rhett's going to be talking. What did we talk about? What are we doing with the great red Bauer? It might've been punt threes. I think, I think it is punt threes. So we got a few of these coming up later on this week. We'll, we'll kind of sprinkle them throughout the run up to, uh, to draft season. But my last question for you, Mark, is again, this is more head-to-head focused. Do you change anything after, I don't want to say like after the All-Star break or whatever, but as the season progresses, as your team, you feel more comfortable that you're in decent playoff position, whether that's, you know, somewhere between like four and two. I do think it's sometimes hard to get a top one or two seed if you're punting a couple of things because it's hard to get those like big eight, seven to two and eight to one wins that really push you out in front of folks. But at the same time, it's also harder to fall too far back because your losses are more like five, four, things of that nature. But again, that's not that's not the point I'm trying to get to here. I feel like I'm leading the listeners astray. My question is, as you approach the playoffs, do you adjust or tweak the strategy in any manner? Do you 
try to lean harder into the categories, the five categories you feel you're best at? Or is it more of a let it ride thing? Like if things are working, cool, and then you just maybe tweak it more towards your opponent more than what you're doing yourself. Um, how is there a strategic change for you as the season progresses? And if so, what is that? Yeah, there's definitely that element to trying to see where your opponent's strong at, and then maybe you try to accumulate some of those stats. But that's more of a weekend before thing where you can start mapping out your schedule, mapping out which days I can stream in X player, Y player that's off the wire, and where I need those stats. As the season develops, you'll have a better idea of what your players are doing. I can't tell you what Harden's going to be doing this time in February. I don't think any of us, nobody's going to be doing next week. So it's true. You're going to have a much better idea of your team as the season develops, and you have to go in that direction. Maybe someone starts shooting threes that we didn't expect on your team, and suddenly your team's a lot stronger in threes than you expected. Suddenly it's a category that may be more of a, not necessarily a strength, but more of a positive than you thought initially. So you have to just, I think, constantly throughout the season, you have to reassess and reanalyze your team, see where your strengths and weaknesses are at, and move from there. And as you gear up towards the playoffs, yeah, it's just do your typical playoff things. See where you're, uh, try to maybe consolidate your strengths a little bit, especially if you do have, if you know you're going to make the playoffs and you have that much of a buffer, probably you can consolidate your strengths and really just hone in on, you know, six categories. Say, well, I was winning some threes, but I'm not as good. And all right, maybe you can ditch that player that was buff helping buff up your threes and start really just honing in on maybe you need more a little more boards to feel secure right the the way i sometimes like to look at my categories on my teams is you know i have put a, a percentage chance on each category to win it in a week that i think based on the strength of that category to my league and then kind of just in my head say okay how confident am i of winning and then if i'm not that confident where do i need to change those sliders and those percentages where can i get players to adjust that to make sure my team is i'm confident we can win and we can take it all the way all right a little easter egg for folks that make it all the way to the end uh mark if you were starting a punt free throw draft right now who are your what would be your optimal first second and third round pick haha well Giannis. that that is gonna <laughs> that is gonna yeah probably Giannis. if and some of it's gonna depend on draft slot too right right but i think you Giannis. got the you got the nine slot. Let's just say you got the nine. All right. <laughs> that is the easiest. Uh, Giannis, um, Anthony Edwards. Then that's going to give you that guard. That's going to give you expected more durability. I know durability can sometimes be a fun and interesting talking point when you're talking fantasy. And then third round, you know, Pascal Siakam, LeBron James, um, Fox. I think you go any of those three, and that would be a good pairing there. Probably LeBron James or De'Aaron Fox just for that better overall value. All right. I took more of your day than I promised I would. Thank you, Mark, for hanging out with us a little bit extra. And you don't actually have to listen to me do my outro because that's going to be extremely annoying. But before you go, again, at MacAttack145. I'm sorry, dude. I can't see your Twitter handle without thinking about Saved by the Bell, Zach Attack. Uh, MacAttack145, M-A-C-A-T-T-A-C-K-145 on Twitter. Uh, Mark Camaro, again, one of our amazing Dynasty writers at Sports Ethos. But as a reminder, everybody, the folks that are good at Dynasty, they also have to be pretty damn good at redraft because you got to know what a redraft league is going to look like 10 years down the line to win your Dynasty League uh, a bunch of years between now and then. So, Mark, thank you again, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks for having me on, Dan.
That was the mighty Mark Camaro. Thanks so much to Mark for taking the time to jump on with us here and talk punt free throw strategy. Again, we're going to have some punt threes. We're going to have some punt points. We'll get into other punt things over whatever the the next week or two. We'll get some more mock drafts rolling. Today, just the one show uh, because of Yom Kippur. So to all of our Jewish viewers and listeners, a uh, easy fast to you. And again, a happy new year. Shana Tova. Uh, I am at Dan Vespers on Twitter. Dan Vespers is also my name. I tried to make it relatively straightforward. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Tomorrow, uh, I don't think we have a punch show tomorrow, if I'm remembering my schedule right, but we will get a mock, uh, and we'll start digging into some of those names after the end of the top 60. So long for now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 